Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. Hi guys, welcome back to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And we are back. <laughs> yes, we are. Feels like it's been a long time. We, yes. haven't, we haven't gotten a chance to record, even though episodes have been coming out still. Feels like yeah, we you guys hear us every two weeks, but we haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, been a, it's been a crazy, probably two or three weeks stretch for me at least. Yeah. And uh, Sheldon has had his own stuff too. As we sit here, he has his... <laughs> His thumb completely My immobilized. My thumb is in a cast. Yes. Nate's been working like a dog. Yes. And we've had all kinds of stuff going yes. on. Hobbled and weary. But it's Holy Week. Yes. So and we are we here. <laughs> and we are here. So we're going to open this segment once again with... Uh, our new deal, which is things I don't understand, and it is my turn. And, uh, and so the thing that I don't understand, I do not understand offense. And I don't mean like a picket fence. I mean being offended. Offense, yes. It yeah. goes around your yard. It can be changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't understand that sometimes either. But anyway, I don't understand offense. Um, I know the Bible talks about it a lot, uh, mostly talks about not being offended, uh, talking about the fact that in the last days many will be offended, Offense does not register with me at all. I have literally, I've had some horrible things said about me, my family, my, my parents, you know, being in a pastor's home, you, you hear a lot of, a lot of things. People get really bold and I'm frightened for them by the boldness <laughs> that they, that they take in certain situations. Um, but I, I've never actually held that. I've never been offended. I don't understand that. I don't know if there's just a part of me that is not functioning properly, that that's not there, but I legitimately don't understand it. I've, I've had people try to explain to me why they're offended or why they're hurt by something in that way. And, and I just, it just does not, it doesn't register. So it, you don't have like a good list and a bad list where no. people can immediately go on the bad list. No, I have, I have some degree of a list where I'm going, okay, track record with this person has been that they do this. And track record with this person has been that they do that. But they can very quickly erase that by changing what they do. You know, I, I, I go in assuming things based on my experience with somebody. But it's not in the sense that like, oh, I remember this one time when they did this thing and it just really bothered me and it's still hanging on. I just don't get it. Um, I often joke with people is that I, I think I don't get offended because I generally assume people are stupid until they prove me otherwise. And so usually if somebody does something that would be even intentionally offensive... I look at them and think, that's really stupid. Like, that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I was like, that's dumb. And, and it just kind of goes in one ear and, and out the other. So but you, almost, you almost have to have the, the ability to wash away offense if you're going to stay in church leadership for oh, a long a period doubt. of time. Without a doubt. Because if you can't deal with, like, people hurting you or saying, saying words that could hurt you or intended oh, yeah. to hurt you, you get taken out pretty quickly. Well, and, and the toughest part, I would even say, is being a, a spouse of someone in ministry. Because oh, yeah. usually when you're in ministry, like you kind of at least have some idea of what you signed up for, especially in my case where 
I came from a pastor's home. Like I've experienced a lot of things directed at my dad. I've just, I've seen a lot of things. I've seen the underbelly of the church. I grew up with it. But for somebody who has not experienced that and, and that need and want to defend your spouse when you know they're being wrongly accosted or whatever, that's, I think, the toughest one. But then it also becomes tough for the person in ministry because that kind of bitterness can take root in a spouse and then that can then reflect on and into the person who's in ministry. It, it can get messy. But again, yeah. offense, I just, I just don't get it. I cannot ever think of a time where I've actually been offended um, I can think of times where I thought, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard from somebody, but never have I thought to myself, wow, I'm really offended by that. You're kind of bad at holding grudges. I guess I am. Yes. <laughs> yes. The uh, uh, what, uh, Hatfields and McCoys. Yeah. yeah <laughs> not, that, not a no. reason to see your sons and grandsons dying for some no. sort of grudge between. No. Families. And I would like to think at this stage in the game, I would be better armed than most people that were trying to get into a feud <laughs> with me. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. If you want to get into a feud with me, that's that's... That's your problem. That's pretty cool, <laughs> though. I, I don't think it's a malfunction. I think it's probably a good function of the way that you were raised, and it speaks to you know your family's ability to let things go and not allow them to just take root and hang out. You know. Well, and I, I think there's a degree of it where like I'm not a people pleaser. I've never have been. I don't care what people think. That's gotten me in trouble sometimes, um, especially yeah. in my younger years. But I just don't like. I don't have. I don't have any. If I know my family's good with me, I'm good. That's 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 yeah. the only people whose opinions I care about about <laughs> what that, what they think of me. Yeah. Um. So I think that helps. But yeah, it it's literally a mystery to me. I don't understand it. Um. I hope I never do. I'm I'm yes. perfectly content not understanding offense at all. So that's it. Things I don't understand. Yes. Things offense. I don't understand. Um. Yeah. I'm not sure I understand offense all that well either. Like carrying bitterness around. This yeah. has never been a thing that I've really tried to do. Yeah. I, I am more of a people pleaser, but I'm a hopeful people pleaser. Yeah. So like I I'm always believing that I will. Right. <laughs> and right, when right. I don't, I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks <laughs> <laughs> and move on. You know, the people that are like kind of the, the depressed or try hard people pleasers, yeah. I don't quite get it. Like, yeah. I feel like that'd be a really desperate way oh, to live. Man, and yeah. I can't personally do that. Yeah. I believe in myself too much. Yeah. <laughs> Just dumb. A little too much confidence <clears throat> yes. to, to get into that. Mm. Wow. Yes. Uh, yeah, I have some personality disorders. Okay. Oh, so <laughs> Every, everybody does to some degree. <laughs> On to the topic of this podcast. Yes. This, today, the topic of the podcast is a, is a topic that excites us, excites us both because we're talking about freedom. 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 Yes. I'm just having flashbacks of William Wallace and getting all chopped up and yelling a lot. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Kirk Franklin that did some song about freedom, freedom, freedom? Sounds like something I'm trying to do. think. Very repetitive. It was something, it was, oh man, I can't think what it was. It was, <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> and so like 2000s. <laughs> Kirk Franklin is a very small man, by the way, like he as far really as stature. Is. He's like, a tiny, tiny, tiny man. It freaked me out when I saw tiny, him beside some normal people. Yeah, normal tiny man. People. Tiny man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Different from Penn State coach James Franklin. <laughs> but we, we're talking about freedom we today. <laughs> the topic verse that we're going to use is Galatians 5 1, where we where we're going to talk about it first from the context of faith a little bit. So Christ has truly set us free. Don't make or not. Nah, 
Now, make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. Mm. So Christ has truly set us free. Don't <laughs> Now, <laughs> make, sure, make sure you stay free and don't get yourself tied up in slavery to the law again. I wanted to talk about the purpose of freedom. What, what purpose does freedom serve? We, in America, we venerate Venerate. Venerate. Venerate, yes. (laughs) Why can I not talk today? You're just struggling So anyway. I'm kind of entertained by it, actually. (laughs) We venerate freedom, and it's like the biggest word in America. Oh, yeah. It's right up there with the bald eagle and the flag. The word freedom, like even at our gas station, for some reason, they use it like... Yes. They use it in advertising everywhere. Like freedom is the statute of liberty, liberty and freedom, I would say are foundational principles of America. Mm -hmm. And yet our code of laws is so large that probably some of us have committed at least minor aggressions against the law or transgressions in some ways where we have found ourselves in a system that has so many laws. Yeah. And this, this passage is, is talking about in faith and personal freedom, and it says don't tie, get tied up again in slavery to the law. Right. What is the purpose of freedom? Why is it so good? And, yeah, what do we do with it? Well, I think first, you know, it's important to establish, you know, to a degree what freedom is. And I, and I don't mean in the sense of, like, here are the parameters within freedom exists. What I mean is that freedom is like the present moment. It's either right now or it's not at all. It's it's not it's not it doesn't phase, it's not like it just is. It just is. Um and laws come and go, all these other things come and go, but the realities of freedom, the realities of living in a free state, and I don't mean a state, but in a state of freedom is a constant now thing. If you're Correct. not maintaining now, then you are not free. Yes. Are you free now to... Whatever it is. To whatever it is. Whatever it is. Are you free <clears throat> or are you yeah. beholden to something? Right. Um, is it about other people being able to make a demand on you? What What is the a- opposite of freedom? freedom? The opposite of freedom is bondage. Yeah. And what is bondage? <laughs> uh, and again, this, this gets... This, I w- Go ahead. I wanted to talk about this because a lot of people say, oh, you know, we need, we need freedom from this or we need freedom from that. But what, what, are, what are we talking about with freedom? Okay, let's, let's start with the church. Freedom in worship. So that means freedom to express yourself to God however you want. Yeah. But at the same time, we're very much instructed, even scripturally, that there's supposed to be some sort of order to being in a service. And, and so there's, there's realms of freedom. There's different, you know, I have a different freedom at home than I would have if I was out on a ministry call. I yes. have a different freedom you when I... You have no I'm, pants freedom at home. That's absolutely Great. true. Absolutely true. And I do have some friends that I probably have no pants freedom with too, but I, I, I don't think I would exercise it. No. No. But, but that's the thing is there, there are realms of freedom. And I think the reality of it is as long as you are not interfering with my more intimate realms of freedom... I'm okay with you. You can say what you want. You can think what you want. You can believe what you want. You can even pass laws that dictate what I do outside of my own personal space to some degree. And I still think I have freedom as long as when I enter in my own house, 
I am able to be who I am and do what I want uh, without any of those restrictions upon me. Yeah. Um, and again, there's that gets into issues of harming other people and all that where, where when you when your freedom treads on another person's freedom that there are consequences. Yeah. Um, Somebody once said that your rights stop at the end of your nose. Yeah. Like, yeah. But once it goes to somebody else, it starts to affect somebody else. Yeah. That, that is a consideration. So one of the things that I wanted to get into is how far do we allow freedom to go? So from my my way of seeing it, my solution to most things is we need to introduce more freedom into the situation rather than continue to make more and more laws. The solution is right. freedom and preserving freedom. And we fought really, some wherever you have a freedom that you're currently exercising, somebody fought for that. Yeah. And somebody had to die for that. Somebody yeah. had to pay for that. I think anywhere that liberty and freedom exist, somebody had to fight for your freedom to do this. Yeah. And in America, a lot of that goes back to the foundation of our country where mm -hmm. we fought a war over these things to say, we are free, we are going to self-determine this way. Right. And throughout time, like wars have been fought, you know, the Civil War was over the South saying, hey, we are free to do what we want with right. these people. We are free to make our own laws, our own money. And the North saying, nah, not so much. Yeah. Yeah. And it gets an... <laughs> That's not the kind of freedom right. that we're going to allow here. And right. so... How much does freedom allow for stupidity? Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing, too. I mean, you look, at, you look at law and freedom under the law, which is, which is essentially what America is supposed to be, freedom under the law. Um, and again, that being that law is meant to protect people from your freedom. <laughs> it's meant to protect people from being abused by your freedom. It's meant to protect people from being harmed by your freedom. It doesn't always succeed at that. That's not always what it's become about. But at its heart, um, at its foundation, in a in a governmental sense, that's what it's about. That's what it's for. Stop people from harming one another. Yes. Taking advantage of yes. one another. Yes, or, or at least not even stop, but give consequence for when that freedom... Because that's the reality of it. You know, and, and I think it's interesting, and, and we won't get into the gun control debate or anything here on this one, because I want to do a separate podcast on that. But... I think it's interesting when people are talking about wanting to have gun legislation passed, want to have gun laws passed, and, and there's this diluted idea that that's going to prevent somebody from doing something. Laws have never, ever, in the history of ever, prevented anybody from doing anything. Yeah. All it does is give a means of prosecution when somebody does step outside the bounds of that yeah. law. You're introducing a consequence. You're introducing a consequence. And, and that is not, for some people, that's a deterrent. For some people, there would need to be no consequence. Just knowing that it's a rule, they're going to follow it. Yeah. For some people, they don't care, and they are going to exercise, the again, the God-given freedom they have to literally do whatever they want, to be a free moral agent and do what they want, and they're going to do it destructively. Yeah. And there has to be consequence for that in, in a society. There just has to be. Yeah. Whether that's coming at the end of a person's, you know, personal sidearm and, and, and meeting out personal justice, you know, in that way. And I don't mean in a vigilante sense, but I mean, like you attack me and you end up shot like that, that, or, you know, through a legal system or through a police force, you know, whatever that may be, there are definite consequences, consequences, wow, consequences to any and yeah, all of our actions. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a, that's an important point because freedom is, does allow, people to do stupid things, make stupid decisions. Yeah. And freedom also has within that the mindset 
that we cannot just tell people to stop doing things and they're going to stop. Yeah. I do think there's a certain sector of the population that as soon as you make a rule, they may have not thought of doing that thing, but now that there's a rule, they will intentionally oh, yeah. do that. Without a doubt. And I've got and a little bit of that in myself too. Yeah, like, it's I, a little bit of rebelliousness. Yeah. And as soon as there's a rule, I'm looking for a way to thwart that rule, to walk up to the line of that yeah, rule, to actually loophole. do that rule. Yeah. And Americans are awesome at this. As soon as you introduce a new role, they will figure a way just a little bit around it. Oh, yeah. You know? Without a doubt. Yeah. Without and a it doubt. it becomes the first pursuit as soon as you make a law. That's the first pursuit is yeah. to somehow thwart it or go around it. In, in a free society, and I'm not talking like anarchy, but in a free society, there's an idea that if we have a couple simple rules and there are consequences behind those rules, you are now free to... Do whatever you want, and if you break these rules, there's just consequences behind it. Yeah, I think that is that appears in a lot of people's families and home structures. Mm -hmm. Think okay, think about how much you as a listener right now, how many rules existed in your house as a kid. You knew like maybe the top three or five, but honestly, people probably did not have more than like ten really big rules right now there were things i know my mom is going to be mad if oh, i yeah. do this oh yeah but like as far as basic rules it was like you don't hit your you don't hit your siblings you don't shout back at your mom you don't uh destroy stuff yeah like beyond that what is there yeah like and and so these were basic rules and there was consequences behind it were you free to self-determine were you free to do whatever yeah. you want i mean Sure, mom would be happy if you just played outside and never did anything bad, right. destructive, <clears throat> hit your sister, you know, those kinds of things. You're free to do whatever you want. You can be a kid, go wherever. Yeah. That's not everybody's experience. There are totalitarian oh, yeah, without a doubt. parents that put this role and 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 this role. Yeah. We have got to realize as, as churches and as a society that that is no way to live. Yeah. And it, it would probably be much better to have a, a system of a few basic rules. Yeah. Wow, like the Ten Commandments. That'd be mm. amazing. And then <laughs> you get a few basic rules, and then after that, it's like you are free to self-determine and, yeah. and say, yeah, you even have the freedom to break those rules. Right. You just bought consequences with that. Mm -hmm. Like you basically took your currency of freedom, went out and purchased consequences. Yeah. And now you must enjoy them because right. that's what you asked for. Right, right. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that's interesting. Um, uh, one of the things that I often hear people talk about is they want to talk about the modern slavery of uh, the prison system in the United States. Oh, I actually do have a beef with the amount of people that are in prison. I right do now. as well. Um, I do as well. <laughs> however, however, there are very few instances where someone has gone to jail for nothing. There are very few. And by nothing, I mean there is a law on the books that they are completely aware is on the books they understand those consequences. They understand that if they're caught and if these things happen, this is what it's going to be. And yet they make the choice to do what they're going to do anyway. Yeah. And so to somehow imply whether you agree with the law or not, 
which I have many laws that I disagree with, especially as it relates to mandatory drug sentencing. I even have a lot of problem with the way that America approaches the war on drugs. I think it's a ridiculous thing. I, I think it's made things worse. I was going to say, mandatory sentencing has gotten people that did not intend to break Yes. A law that put them away for 15 years. Right. Had limited understanding. And that's what I don't like about mandatory sentencing is because there's no justice in it in that it doesn't take the person's experience into account. It doesn't take whether or not they actually even understood the law or knew that the law. And again, I know ignorance of the law is not an excuse, but there needs to be room for grace. In any in any given situation, yeah. But but I struggle with it because I I hear about this especially especially from um, from an African American perspective, and again the struggle point that I have with this is like like show me somebody who did not do something, who literally said I was just walking down the street and all of a sudden I'm in jail and I've been in prison for 15 years and I don't know why. I you just don't see that, and so and again if if that exists I haven't heard about it. Again, there, I've there are it. there are some extreme examples that I've read. Um, there was a long form article in the Atlantic about a guy's experience going through Rikers yeah. and all of that, like tremendously corrupt system where oh, yeah. they did very little to enter it, and once they got into it, just minor aggressions yeah. inside the system yep. would really cause you years and years of turmoil. Without and a doubt, ended up like at the end of the story, the guy ended up committing suicide, and I'm mm-hmm. like. Oh boy! Like yeah. we just gave this guy basically a death sentence over almost nothing, right? And so, and you can't, and you can't, with the way our legal system is set up, you should not be allowed to impose further punishment upon somebody than what a court has meted out to them. Yeah, and now that's there not the are case. Also, entrapment and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where police forces have gotten better and better at using entrapment for yes. certain people, and. I even and this sounds I, I don't know if I should say this as a parent of a young of young kids but some of some of the to catch a predator stuff and the way they the way the the FBI is known to control a lot of the child pornography mm-hmm. in the US and they will use it to catch people and I'm like okay but you are still maintaining right, you're some still of propagating the top something child mm-hmm. pornography websites and keeping that stuff around to try and catch people. Yeah. And yeah, you can say these people are sickos, but I kind of wonder that in, in legalities, I know a lot of people smarter than me have sat down and figured this out and yeah. that's why it exists still. But I do kind of figure like the whole, the system as a whole, is it great to keep this stuff alive just to try and catch people that interact with it? I, yeah. I would much rather kill it all. Right. And like put it, Put it where it should right. be. Like, well, that's you the find same it, thing. You kill it. You right. destroy it. You well, move that's on. the same thing I look at with 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 like the war on drugs. It's like it's perpetuated in a lot of ways by law enforcement and the legal system because they keep cycling stuff out there so that they can continue to catch whoever and do whatever. But it's like they're not going after the kingpins. They're not going after the cartels. They're not going like they're just they're just hitting neighborhoods where there's a low low level dealer who's just supplying his apartment building. You know, and again, I I have a problem with that because I think that that is harming other individuals, especially when it's addictive substance, especially when it's you don't actually know what you're doing and you're you don't know what you're mixing into what you're doing. You just have no idea what's going on. Yeah, like I get it; it's harmful, but you're you're striking at somebody's toes and thinking it's going to kill them as opposed to going for the neck. Yeah, and and yeah, so yeah, I mean, getting and, and just making something illegal does not change people's hearts and freedom freedom is innate freedom is is the natural state of man period that is where every person i don't care how oppressive a regime you are under i don't care where where you were born what your society is like 
at your natural state, that is what you desire to be. That is what you naturally are. You, no one can control your thinking. No one can control what's inside of here. Like they can kill you. They can they can lock you up. But at the end of it all, they cannot imprison your mind. They can they can destroy it, but they cannot imprison it. Yeah. And and so the reality of it is, freedom itself is 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 just part of the existence of humanity. Period. It is innately inside of us, and that's one of the things I love about you know, the founding of America is it recognized that these things are just the reality. It, it wasn't granting freedoms. It was recognizing them. Yeah. And that's a unique thing. I mean, that's not something that really exists, at least in language outside of the United States. Guaranteeing certain freedoms to the public was not something that the, the constitution is a law of like negative yeah. freedoms. Yeah. It, and it basically says the government is not yeah, allowed to do this. The government, do this. Do the this, government the is other. not allowed mm-hmm. to do that. Now, the government has squeezed every bit of life out of those, and yes. now we're down to the bare necessities of what is this, right. what is that, what is speech, what right. is that allowed? And, and freedom of speech has been so constrained to a point where it's like we're now getting into the nitty-gritty of, okay, this is okay speech, this is not okay yeah. speech, and I'm like... Okay, yeah. and again, how, how a, much better just to say right. you have free speech? Right, and that's the thing is, I'm, you know? a, I'm a, in terms of that, I'm a free speech absolutist. Free, free speech absolutist. Yeah. I believe that literally anybody can be able to say, should be able to say anything they want to anybody at any time, no matter how offensive, and no matter how... That's something I was hoping we would get into because there is an idea out there right now that ideas are scary. no. And, and people, people, seriously, you put particular yeah. ideas out there and you'll get banned from Twitter. You'll get banned from Facebook yeah. or you'll, you'll say something. And I heard, I heard somebody, I think it was Jordan Peterson yeah. talking about this, how ideas, ideas in and of themselves are just ideas. Yeah. And if you're going to have a free exchange of ideas, it can't be just free exchange of ideas that you agree with. Right. If you never run into anything that you don't agree with, how free is your exchange of ideas? Without a doubt, yeah. And so these ideas are scary. Uh, Sure, scary ideas have been around for a long time, and people Mm -hmm. are curious about them, and we should explore them openly in a way that you, okay, go ahead and destroy that idea with a better idea. Yeah. You know, and then people, oh, that's why this is better, you know. Yeah. And, And you won't have any of that unless you have a true exchange mm-hmm. of ideas. And that's the reality of it too is ultimate freedom is risk. Yeah. Ultimate freedom is risk. You have a risk of being harmed. You have a risk of being not protected. You have a risk of being not safe if you are truly free. Yeah. And that's okay. I would far rather have less security and more freedom than the other way around. Yeah. And 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 that's why I'm so turned off by this idea of, of offensive speech or hate speech. It's like, you know, just like you said, like we have to, we have to be able to form ideas. We have to be able to communicate ideas. And the only way we do that is by talking about the hard things, by saying things that people don't want to hear, by having them say things to us that we don't want to hear. Like we have yeah. got to have that real gritty exchange of ideas, exchange of, uh, you know, intellectual punches, if you will, uh, exchange of philosophy. Like it has to be, vibrant and messy and bloody it just has to be and this is where um for me political politically the freedom of speech doesn't protect protect just nice speech no the freedom of speech has to be there for speech that you disagree with and a majority of the nation would disagree with because if if it wasn't there like okay so 
if a majority of the nation agrees with what's being said, there's no reason for a, a law in a democratic society right. or a representative republic that there's no reason for a law that would guarantee free speech. Yeah. The only reason you would guarantee free speech is if you realized in the midst of a war against the crown that speech was a very powerful thing. Yeah. And it could it could be used to take down a very powerful enemy that didn't that was the government that didn't agree with what was right. being said. So right. freedom of speech is there to protect speech that is not nice or or is controversial to hear. Yeah. Everybody that talks about controversial speech and that is controversial and they want to ban it, they want to move against it. You are exactly the reason that this exists. You are yeah. it is it exists just for that reason that for offensive speech. And this gets into um like in Ohio, a couple of years ago, we had a vote on smoking in, in yeah. any public place. Yep. And we said, basically, um, we want to ban smoking in a public place. And because and a majority of people felt like that would be something, they finally realized that smokers were in a minority and they wanted to go ahead and ban it. Yeah, I voted against it, even though I've never smoked in my life. So did I. And I did not enjoy smoke in restaurants. At no point did I enjoy that. I didn't enjoy sports bars that were smoky when I wanted to watch a game, you know, yeah. or any anywhere... Anywhere that there was smoking, I didn't like it. I reacted negatively to it in my physical body, but there were certain places I wouldn't go because it was probably too smoky. Yeah. And bowling alleys, didn't spend right, a lot right. of time in them, that kind of thing. Um, do I like walking around in society now without all of that indoors? Yeah, it's been it's been really cool. Yeah. Uh, hotel experience has been a lot better. Yep. Uh, going out to eat has been a lot better. And, and I've experienced both sides. Mm -hmm. And I can say that, yeah, my every day is better. But I did not like the idea. I My thing was, okay, this is a legal activity and people are free to do it if they're... if. That establishment says you're free to do it. If the establishment says no, hey, that's that's his place. Right. If you want to come here, you abide by the rules of the house, whatever. But it was about a freedom thing for me. Right. And I'm like, freedom is, it protects people that are doing something that I generally Don't like. would disagree yeah. with. Yeah, Otherwise, there would be no no reason for freedom. So right. and Well, and the chief problem that I had with with that particular thing is that you are telling business owners they're not allowed to do what they want in the place that they sure. own, run, and and their establishment. And I'm like, no. You took you away freedom from business owners and from smokers yep. and and whoever. Like, yeah. Just, but really, the only person you took freedom away from was the business owner. Yeah. Because people who smoke were already limited. Like, there were smoking areas. There were, there were smoking designated places in restaurants. Like, they were already limited. Yeah. In where they were going to do, because again, business owners realized that people just didn't want to be around somebody that was smoking all the time. Like that just was, a, that's just a thing. But man, I was thinking about that the other day. I was in a Wendy's and I was like, man, I remember when there used to be ashtrays in a smoking section in Wendy's, like oh, in, yeah. a, in a fast food restaurant. I remember it's that so in weird. like a Bob Evans, yeah. there'd be like a wall, yeah. like a mini yeah. wall. <laughs> and there'd be just a haze, you know, that, that would just kind of hang and low. it didn't really there. do anything because no, the heating it, and cooling yeah, system just was the circulated same for everybody. Anyway. <laughs> but but it only restricted the the business owners. Yeah. It it basically told them, well, no, you're not allowed to say what is allowed to go on in your place of business anymore. Like you said, even though this is a legal activity, and I had a major problem with that. I'm like, no, like you you should not be able to tell a business owner what they can and cannot do, if it's a legal activity. 
And this goes back to your idea at the beginning about offense. Maybe one of the reasons that we care so much about freedom is we don't care that much when we're offended yeah. by the freedom. If you run around your life being offended all the time, then you want the government or somebody bigger than you to make yeah. all these people stop doing all these well, things all, all the time. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah. I, I, can't, I can't quite figure out how you can be driving down the street and just be like, I must make that person on their property stop doing this thing because I, it bothers me. Yeah. Me. Yeah. Well, the, that's and that's the thing that mystifies me about. And I was going to gripe about this in one of our things I don't understand, but I'll gripe about it now. That's why I don't understand the modern nature of protests. You know, back in 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 the um, in say the civil rights era, they were protesting for something. Yes. They did not have freedoms that they knew they were constitutionally meant to have. Yes. And these people gathered together and said, we are not going to be denied yeah. our freedoms anymore. There are rights in this country, and you are not applying them equally to right, everyone. Right. And they and should it was, be. And it was amazing. And it was exactly what a protest movement is supposed to be all about. But what we're seeing now with the whole thing of, of, of these women's marches that have gone on, what we've seen especially with now the gun control marches, it's not about freedom. It's about restriction. Yeah. It's about taking freedoms away from somebody else in the name of safety, in the name of security, in the name of society would just be better if dot, 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 fill yeah. in the blank. And, and I'm sorry, I look at something like, like you know, the shooting that's in Florida, and, and I look at that, and I'm like, this is tragic. And we definitely need to have a conversation about what can we do to protect people? What can we do to keep them safe? What can we do to keep this kind of thing from happening? I'm willing to have that conversation as a gun owner. I'm willing to have that conversation as a big Second Amendment guy because I think it's a conversation that needs to be yeah. had. But my right to protect myself and my children is not trumped by that kind of crisis. If anything, my right to protect myself, my home, and my children and my family is all the more amplified my need for that right is all the more amplified when something like this goes hap goes down. What's tragic is that those kids' right to life was not protected. Right. You know, somebody didn't take the personal responsibility of protecting them. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, you've said it before. Places that have, you know, saying you can't exercise your right to protect yourself should take upon themselves. Yeah the responsibility of protecting me. Yeah. So if you make a school gun-free zone and say, nobody in here, none of the teachers, none of the principals, not, none of the guards or anyone is allowed to carry a firearm within this building and blah, blah, blah. You made a gun-free zone. Okay, so who's protecting? Yeah, yeah. Who, whose job is it? And so when this protection ha doesn't happen, who's going to be held responsible? Right, right. You know? And, and you just told everybody here, you can't protect yourself. So then that responsibility is right. on you. You right. need, and that would be a great law to say, hey, if you tell people they can't protect themselves, then you tell us how they're going to be protected. Yeah. That, that's my problem with the whole movement is that the solution on the other side is just like, well, if in this magical happy land, no one had guns. Right. Uh-huh. Which I get, I get so that. So guns have now been invented. Right. For a long time now. We've had them around for a while. And if you take them away, people just make them again. Like, they exist. Or they it, club each other to death. Like, yes. it's, it's... And again, this... So nuclear weapons exist. <laughs> you know, we're now... We've crossed that threshold. Yeah. They exist. 
And the whole point is, okay, so what are the safeguards against that? Right. And there's whole international alliances and treaties that mm-hmm. make sure, you know, what are the safeguards, who protects who, and, yeah. and the responsibility for who protects who. Right now, the nuclear countries realize that they have a responsibility to protect non-nuclear countries. Right. That's the reason for alliances. Right. And well, and there's the reality of mutually assured destruction. Like, exactly. If you nuke somebody, they're going to nuke you, which their ally is then going to nuke you as well, which, you know, you're going to have to nuke that ally. Like, it's, it, it is which mutually is the assured dis- destruction. So many legal gun owners don't just pull their guns on everybody. Right. Because we realize if we start pulling guns, everybody's going to pull guns. And right. we're not getting to that point. Right. It is just for my protection. Mm-hmm. The U.S. has. Now, the U.S. is not great about using our nuclear weapons because we did use them somewhat offensively. Right. But the the goal was defensive and right. saying, listen, we got attacked and we want this to end. We're going to end it. Right. And it was final. It was like the final protection against losing more and more and more right. of our people. Well, and again, if you get into the realities of that, and I know most people will not like this, but the 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 literal cult that surrounded the emperor of Japan there was literally going to be no stopping civilians, military, anything. They were going to fight to the last man. Yeah. Regardless because of the, and like, that's the determination that was made. And right. I, I'm, I'm more talking about it in a philosophical sense yes. about what, what, what controls do exist in a place where freedom exists. You yes. Know? And you, you do have a responsibility to protect yourself and, and you do have a responsibility to protect those under you. And I think anyone in charge, whether you're a manager of a department, whether you're an owner of a business or whatever, as soon as you become in charge of something, you're now responsible for the protection of those people. Yeah. I think any, anybody that served in the military yeah. recognizes that, that your, your higher ranks, they are required to protect you and right. they are required to look out for their people and they can't just go willy nilly, you know, wasting lives of people or else they're not going to last long. Well, I think that's too, you know, in thinking about that, the reality of freedom is not restricting. And it's not even about just protection, but allowing people to do, allowing people to make the mistake, allowing them to do the thing that may or may not save them or may protect them or may harm them or whatever. There has to be freedom to make a mistake. Yes. And, and, and I think, I think this is one of the things that's so funny to me. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter a couple of, a couple of months back, but Oregon has been as a state has required by law ever since there's been a thing, apparently that you are not allowed to pump your own gas. You go to a gas station, oh, yeah, someone this. else pumps your gas. And <laughs> and that makes a whole lot of sense for somebody living in a city who doesn't even know where their fuel door is and maybe doesn't even own the car they're using. They just happen to rent one and they're in this city and they're using it. Then it does for somebody out in rural. I mean, it's Oregon. There's a lot of rural areas in Oregon. It's mostly rural. There's, you know, there's a few like your Portland's and whatnot, but very, very few that are not rural out there. And so when this thing happened, the, they basically said people in rural areas are now allowed to, to pump their own gas. People in cities there freaked out. I mean, Twitter oh, yeah. lit up with people from Oregon talking about how only professionals should be allowed to pump gas. It's going to create a dangerous situation. It's going to do. And they took this freedom as meaning they had to do a thing when all it meant was if you want to do the thing, you can do the thing. Yes. 
But if you don't want to, you also still have, have the option. To? Well, and I even think that's so <laughs> hilarious because I, I've watched people with the whole uh, the idea of arming teachers, and I hate that that's even become. Oh, before we become, leave the gas station thing. Well, but this is this is completely okay. tied to it. But go to it, yeah. No, that's fine. Come back around to it. No, no, no. I, go for I it. Have go a story for about it. a gas station. Okay, okay. Almost got in a fight with a guy at a gas station. Oh, if my I would have had my kids in the car, I would have gotten into <laughs> at least a verbal altercation, if not almost physical, depending okay. on his response. I'm going to want to hear the details of that in a minute because I've never heard that story, and that really interests <laughs> Nobody me. has. But <laughs> well, everybody's about to. I don't think Jess has. Um, <laughs> But but the thing is is like if you if you talk about arming arming teachers say in a school, mm-hmm. it's 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 taken on this mentality that it means that every teacher is going to be forced to be armed. Yeah, like we're gonna make teachers arm. And I've seen people do the argument of like, oh, we've asked teachers to be our babysitters and be our parents and do all these things in a school, and now we're gonna ask them to be security too. And I'm like, this is not this is not what this is. What it's saying is we will allow the freedom for those who wish to do so to do it. Yeah. And that's it. We're not going to mandate that anybody do anything. We're not going to force anybody to do anything. But we're going to we're going to put that seed of doubt for somebody who's going to come in and try to shoot up a school that there may be armed. We're just people telling. Here. We're just telling. You know, the teachers or at least the adults within that gun-free zone that they have the right to protect themselves. Yeah, we're giving them permission. That's all we're saying. But not forcing them to do something. That's yeah. what that would be. And and so, again, this, this Oregon thing is a perfect example of people freaking out because they don't understand. They're not really paying attention to what's being said. They just know that in their context, it's not the thing that they would do or the thing that they would want. Therefore, there has to be something restricting it because they don't know what they're doing. As if that means... Everybody doesn't know what they're doing or everybody isn't responsible or everybody isn't trained or do whatever, you know. And again, this is about pumping gas. Um, And and, and to see that level of fear, I mean, the ridiculous things that I saw people freaking out about fires and blowing up gas stations and like talking about Zoolander and thinking that was what was really going to happen if you dropped a cigarette into a Tommy boy where he's hosing (laughs) him down with the gas. (laughs) But but yeah, it... I'm a maniac. (laughs) But that's but that's the thing. We've we've come to this idea that that freedom to be not offended, freedom to not be offended, is the most important freedom yes. to to allowed minority. The majority of people don't care about any of this crap. The majority of people in the United States don't don't care at all. They couldn't yeah. they couldn't care less. They want to just live their lives. They want to interact with people they want to. And if you're offended by them, they don't care, and they don't care if you offend them. They just want to move on with their lives and, and right. wave at you as you go by and be done with you. Um, but there is a very vocal minority who has made at least half of the country feel bad about not caring about what they think. On any given subject. Yeah, on I mean, any given subject. The vocal subject. minority is not a singular group of people. This, this is like on any given topic, there's a minority that's yeah. like, we need to take the rights away from all these people. Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah. boy, you people concern me. Yeah, so again, to me, like that core idea of freedom, like it's the, it's the ability to be harmed. It's the ability to be offended. It's the ability to be put in an unsafe situation yeah because that's what you choose so in ohio we do have the freedom to pump our own gas and and always have this guy i pulled up i had two kids in the car and i'm sitting there pumping my gas and i see this guy on the other side of the pump you can't see him real good he gets out his car he comes around starts a gas thing walks back around the other side of his car and he reaches in the car to get something gets back out and he lights a cigarette (laughs) 
And I thought I was going to lose my ever-loving mind. <laughs> I'm like, my tank is halfway full. I have to sit here while you attempt to blow all of us up <laughs> and, and not lose my, my cool. If I was by myself, I'd be like, hey, you mind putting that out before you get any closer to the pile of gas that you're dumping into the car? Like, people, people in Oregon would have... I uh, probably tackled the guy and held him down, citizen's arrest. <laughs> I mean, I felt like doing that. That that should have been probably what I would have done. No. I don't know. Is there? Can you just like call the cops on somebody if you see him smoking at a I gas don't station? No, but it makes me, protocol. It makes me want to try it. Oh man, I I I was gonna go, but I had the kids in car again, so I just <laughs> didn't want the situation to last any longer than right. it needed to. Right. So I wrapped it up. I I checked. No, I don't want a receipt, and got my butt out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm I'm leaving this situation before we all die <laughs> and but if it had just been me i would have tried to save the citizens of that gas oh station i mean i i guess I, what i was going to do is take a picture of him including the license plate and send it to the wayne county sheriff that's what i was gonna do that but a good idea yeah, i would have that, approved that would have been good sure. i i felt like i should at least call the gas station on my way out and be like hey the guy pumped for is has a lit cigarette he's walking around you mind going and tackling him? yeah do something <laughs> Yeah. But you know the people in people in Oregon and freaking out about now having a freedom. Yeah, <laughs> but again, and and that's the thing. I look at that whole March for Our Lives thing that's happening right now. It, it is literally a march to take away freedom. Like, yeah, it is. It is a a march to want freedom restricted. And to be clear. I do think that the right, the march for life is the opposite thing. And that yeah. could sound like garbage to people because you're like, no, I should have the freedom to decide what I do with my body. And I'm like, okay, but in, in the Constitution, once again, we do guarantee a right to life. Why would you need to guarantee a right to life unless there was another force at work in the world that wanted to take away life? Yeah. And, and so in the same way that I say, you know, hey... There's a force in the world that wants to take away offensive speech. Yeah. There's a force in the world that wants to take away what they would consider unnecessary life. Yeah. Um, a, a or life inconvenient. In, or inconvenient or any other label of in or not enough anything or too much anything. Yeah. So you're too much of this. Your life now is, is worth less or more. Or, yeah. Oh, weird. But the Constitution is guaranteed a right to life. Right. And so the people that are marching on the right to life movement are saying, listen, there is a right to life that's not being equally conferred upon certain people. And we believe that people right. in the womb are people. So right. that that's where the true belief system is, is like, okay, so I have the right to my own body. Yes, you do. But that's not your body. Right. It's attached by an umbilical cord, but those things are easily severed, right. as right. we all know. Right. We all have belly buttons. It all it all happens eventually. That right. that separates, and I am no longer my mother's body. Right. Like, I don't know when I was. Right. Like, at some point, I was still attached by an umbilical cord, right. and I was my own person. Yeah, you still had your own DNA. You had your own unique yes. qualities. Like that. The birth just... canal did not. It's not a magical portal. Yeah, that produces personhood. No matter me. no matter what the crazy feminists want you to think, it's if, not a magic if portal. That, if that would be true, then a C-section, all those people are not people. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> so but it yeah, doesn't it, matter. Like to me, I'm like we are. We need to continue to guarantee the right to life to everybody, right. and that includes like people that don't want to end their life early. Now, 
that gets into a whole like euthanasia thing, but I'm like, okay, so we should guarantee you on, we should err on the side that this person has a right to life. Yeah. So you are not allowed to go around taking it. Yeah. You are not allowed to just go around and take somebody's life for this reason and that reason and the other reason and blah, blah, blah. In the same way that you should not go around and take everybody's freedom of speech or you should not go around and take their freedom to assemble and say, you are not allowed to assemble and you are not allowed to assemble and you're not. Yeah. This it once once those rights are not absolute, then they're not really rights. They're just subject to all kinds of nitty gritty laws. Yeah, wherever. yeah, without a doubt. And and so, I think coming back to the church situation, when Christ says that you are you are to be set free, so don't make yourself a slave again to laws. Don't get into like I have to do this, this, and this to perform my way to heaven. Yeah, and and God is not scared of your your craziness or what other people may consider offensive or like, Oh man, that is a really peculiar expression of, yeah. of faith. Or that is a really peculiar expression of this. The reason that freedom is there is to guarantee people's people's ability to be on that journey at any stage and be like, okay, well, he's at this stage on this journey. We hope he progresses upon, yeah. you know, progresses down the trail, but the freedom is there to keep an open door and to say, hey, we're not going to make you a slave again to a bunch of laws. There's grace for where you are and right. where you're coming from. And we have to believe that God's grace is absolute and that it says mm-hmm. no matter where you are, no matter where you currently are, you could be in jail for triple homicide. And I believe that God's grace is enough. Yeah. You could you could have all kinds of crazy, you know, ness going on in your life. <laughs> and and I believe that God's grace is enough and that He can bring the freedom that allows the freedom is there not only for those that have been set free, but the freedom is there for people to continually find it. Yeah. And I don't know. I think when we make a whole list of taboos and we make a whole list of rules and says, well, these people are no longer normalized or these people are no longer allowed to interact with us. You yeah. know, it, it, you start to put up walls and barriers around people. And I think Jesus spent a lot of his time trying to tear those down. Right. In the same way, when I look at people on the other side of things that I disagree with. So um, I'm a gun owner, so I disagree with the people that are trying to take away my rights. I'm not trying to denormalize them in society. Yeah, I'm not trying to say that they are a stain on society that needs to be eliminated or wiped out. No. I actually appreciate them sharing their ideas and their suggestions. That's great. I really... I would like to have a conversation about what freedom means and what, you know, protection means and and... I find they're, they're different, even their, their opinions are different than mine. I do see them as valuable. And yeah. I, I, so I, I, I struggle with people that try and denormalize all kinds of things and saying like, this, this is not acceptable. These people are not acceptable and their ideas have to be stamped out. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I don't know. Um, even in the well, realm of like, I'm not all for stamping out other religions or like, I appreciate that the church of Satan has a Twitter handle. (laughs) I mean, some of it is kind of comical (laughs) and and things like that. I'm not, I'm not out there trying to kill their reason for existence or the fact that they do exist. I know that there is other religions. I know that there's other ideas and there probably always will be. I just 
am glad that mine is allowed to exist and flourish right. and right. in a way that and, and that's the thing is is freedom only exists when it exists for everybody. Yeah. The minute it's restricted for someone else, it then becomes a threat to your freedom as well. Yeah. And and that and that is and that is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Um, because it it does not take long for the shoe to be on the other foot. You know, I even thought it was interesting. You know that David Hogg or Hogue, I'm going to call him Hogg because it just seems right. Um, he was. I, I saw an article where he was uh, upset because uh, is it Park Parkland, right? Is yeah, the school. Parkland had the clear backpack. Yeah, the clear backpack thing, and he. I think he said that they vi- that violated his First Amendment rights, which I I don't think is actually that amendment that he meant to say. I think it's actually the Fourth Amendment that about search. It would have yeah, it would have been illegal search. Yeah, that it would have been violating. But anyway. Um, Point, point though being that when when you make a stand and say certain rights need to be restricted, then someone else is going to come along and say, okay, you're right. Let's restrict this right because it'll make us yeah. safer. And that's going to tread on your toes. Like you've got to understand that when you start fighting to have a right removed, when you start fighting to have a right eliminated, when it's a right that doesn't affect you, because I, well, I'm not a gun owner. I think guns are evil. And so we need to not allow anybody to have them, or we need to restrict them in this way, that way, or the other way, then you are opening up the floodgates for the possibility of that to be turned around and be used against you. Yeah. And, and, and it doesn't matter what it is. It's speech. It's And again, this whole protest thing, I, I fundamentally, at the core, the only thing that I don't disagree with about this whole March for Our Lives things, the only thing that I don't disagree with is that these people actually want a solution to the violence that they're seeing. I agree with that. I can get behind that. I want to find a solution for that as well, and I can have that conversation. That is literally the only thing about it that I believe well, and I, I can I get behind. I love that they're using their freedom to assemble. I think yeah. anytime that yeah. people assemble in a public place, Without it's a good doubt. because a freedom is only good as long as people Without keep a doubt. using it, and I appreciate they're using their freedom Without of speech. Without a doubt. And all of that stuff, their freedom to lobby their congressmen and, yes. and women, and I love all of that. Like, yeah, without People a doubt. should be active in their government. And part of the reason that we are where we are is because you, a lot of people have not been engaged let coast. with their government for a very, very long time. Yep. So the government's just been doing whatever the heck whatever it, wants. it wants. And that's one of the things that I appreciate about, you know, the anti-Trumpers and the never-Trumpers and all those people, and even the people that are pro-Trump, I really like that now people are figuring out how to interact with their government. Seems like a lot of people have not been doing that for about eight years. Yeah, but it's all right. But here we are again. People are now engaged, and that's that's good. And that's the thing, like, with with that whole thing of the March for Our Lives and all that, I, I, I passionately disagree with everything that it's about other than trying saying they want to find a solution to this but i would fight to the death for their right to speak out about it i believe they are 100% wrong yeah. in i'll say 95% wrong in their solutions they're 95% wrong in their thinking they're 95% wrong in the information that they're mostly ignorant about what they're talking about they're they're afraid of something and they don't actually know what they're talking about or what they're protesting or what they're asking for but i would fight to the death for their right to be able to do that yeah for the right to be, to be able to speak out of their ignorance, for their right to be able to say I'm something I completely disagree with. And I'm super glad that they were with. protected by people with guns while Without they were there. Without a doubt. They Without didn't, a doubt. Nobody got shot up at the yeah. at the March for Our Lives right. movement, and so probably some people with guns were watching over them. Right. I'm really glad no, about yeah, that. Yeah, without a doubt. And so, so I think that's the most important thing. You know, you look at freedom of speech especially, it has to be equal ground for everybody. I have to, I have to be willing to, to say I'm okay with a... a 
a Zionist uh, uh, Jewish collective having a protest and speaking out in the same way that I have to be okay with a neo-Nazi gathering getting together and saying the things that they want to say as long as there's no violence happening on either side. Equal all the way across. I don't care what the speech is. I don't care how offensive it is. I don't care how much I disagree with it. Yeah, we have got to come and, to a place where we are okay with that. And for people that would say the opposite, I mean, hey, for centuries Christians have had. I mean, and even in our own country, the art and and movies and stuff like this has ridiculed Christians. Has yeah. like said all kinds of things. There was some art display that put a crucifix in a jar yep. of urine yep, and all kinds of stuff. One. So, and that's all in public display. It's not like we. I mean. Yeah, Christians flipped a lid about it, but I'm like, on the other hand, okay. It's still there. Let's not, I mean, yeah, you have the right to speak out against it just as they have the right to put it there. Yeah, like, without a doubt. I don't know. I To me, I'm like, okay, that's that's both at the sides exercising their freedom of speech, but to say that th- these people can't assemble, do I think that every neo-Nazi gathering should be protested? Sure. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. You have the right to go without there and protest doubt. against them. Without a doubt. And I would say, listen, like, neo-Nazis are crazy lunatics. Yeah, and let them people, say what they want to say. That, you know, that, you know that one hurts of the their best, cause more than helps them. <laughs> you know one of the best ways to get rid of their ideas forever? Let them talk yes. about them. <laughs> yes. Well, as soon as they start opening their mouth and saying some of the ideas that they have... Good grief! They sound they sound stupid. They sound as crazy as they, they sound are. as crazy. The, and you don't you don't you actually drive more people to crazy movements by saying they can't speak, they can't assemble, right. and people are like, well, why well, can't and, they? And the rise what, of you know what's going on over there, and I want to know more about this. And well, and the rise of the rise of actual Nazism was actually a perfect example of that. It was a it was a a, a movement that was being oppressed by the government, but it started to gain traction because it kind of resonated a little bit with the common man at the time. And all of a sudden, next thing you know, it controlled everything. You know who has no followers? The crazy lunatic holding up a sign on the sidewalk with a bullhorn. <laughs> I've never seen anybody lining up behind him. Yes. It, and is he expressing his ideas? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's great. Who is lining up behind him? If if speech is so dangerous, if freedoms are so dangerous, yeah. then surely that guy would have a cult. Right. Somewhere. Right, without a Somebody doubt. Somebody would have joined him by without now. Without a doubt. Without you know? a doubt. Because he would have a ton of people behind him. Yeah. That's why you have these neo-Nazi gatherings and people are like, oh, we have to shut it down. That can't possibly happen. Uh, why not? Give him the largest mil- billboard in the city. Nobody will ever join him. You no. know? Yeah, as soon as I you know. see their ideas on full display, you're like, wow, that is right. straight hot garbage. Right. <laughs> not anything And, and again, so what? Like, if that's what somebody thinks and that's how some, And that's the other thing, too, that I've... Uh, this is getting into all kinds of weirdness now where I'm, where I'm getting ready to head, but... No, I'm not going to go there because we'll have a, we'll have another discussion on that because that's going to make send sure us you a, remember this because oh, when no, we get I into remember. topics these, for the podcast, sometimes yeah, you're like, the, no, these oh, are what things, do you have? These are things <laughs> that I've had on the back burner that I want to talk about. Um, but that's I just, part of my role as technical director is yes, to come to yes, every podcast prepared with prepared at least with a the, topic. With a subject. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I just don't understand this this thought, you know. I, I want to go back to that mentality of sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never harm me. Words don't hurt you unless it's in the context of a relationship. They yeah. just don't. If you have a person that you, I mean, think about it. If you go back to high school, if you were bullied as a high school kid, or if you had, you know, some, some, you know, captain of the football team who said something to you really cutting at one point, 
you remember that not because of the words. You remember that because of how you wanted to be viewed by that particular person. And maybe how it damaged the relationships around yes. you. So, so it's always relational. Words only harm in relational context. What somebody who doesn't know me says about me, it doesn't matter. I, they're going to keep moving. I'm not ever going to see them again, probably. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't harm me. It doesn't affect me. It just doesn't. And honestly, Somebody I think... Somebody should tell Trump. <laughs> <laughs> People that don't know you saying bad words about you should not make you so fragile. The thing is, I don't think it really does. I think he just does it to poke the bear. I He's really just poking do. back. Yeah, I've gotten to this point where I'm watching what he does, and I'm like, you know, I remember hearing a story... About some people think he is truly offended. No, I, I, yeah, but the <laughs> fact that he just keeps trucking forward tells me that he's not. I, I remember, I remember seeing a story once about Michael Jackson and how in his early days, when he was just starting to become not not in the Jackson Five, but when he was starting to become a solo artist, starting to become huge, okay. he would gather his brothers around or friends around and say, "Hey, you know how it's not popular to wear white socks, you know, with a black." You know, like if you're dressed up not to wear like white tube socks, how it's considered nerdy. He's like, watch this. I'm going to start wearing white socks and it's going to become a thing and everybody's going to be doing it. And sure enough, we would do it. And he'd say like, hey, guess what? I'm going to start wearing this one glove and you're going to start seeing everybody. Like he would, he was literally trolling before it was a thing. Yeah, he would pick things and do them just because he understood the influence he had and he understood that. He just was entertained by it. And, of course, he was basically a hermit and had all kinds of weird stuff going on in his life anyway. But but that is always interesting. And I think Trump is kind of the same vein in a lot of ways. I think he's sitting around with, you know, whoever he sits around with. It's like, hey, watch this. And he's going to tweet something out. And they all just sit there and just... just my my favorite so far has been Kofifi. <laughs> it's absolutely my favorite thing. And I say it every morning when I get coffee, I call it Kofifi because <laughs> it's so fun. It, yeah. I just, again, I even, even, yeah. Yeah. I, we'll leave it. It's we'll all good. It alone. I just wanted to get there eventually. Yeah. But, and, and I, I do want people that are in a church of some kind to think about this next time you see somebody like doing something a little odd or a little weird and whatever. The reason this environment is free is because those people are allowed to be themselves. Yeah. And as as restrictive as you are on the weirdest people that you're around is your level of freedom. That's yeah. where it ends. Yeah. So when you begin to make laws and rules and things based on the people that do things that you don't like or don't appreciate or you feel like messes up your way of doing stuff, if you got to recognize, well... That's the limit of your freedom. Yeah. Because you've said this this far and no more. Yeah. And and you've now put a limit on the freedom of everyone in this building. Mm-hmm. And so if you're comfortable with where that is and that's comfortable and that's where your building is at, that's fine. But you have to recognize that you've put a limit. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that people shouldn't at, yeah. at, at in some ways put limits because eventually if you didn't put any limits, it would get kind of crazy but people do need to realize that when you put when you put a limit on somebody that's you know saying something a little different or saying something a little weird or doing something a little weird you are in some ways restricting the freedom of the entire group of people right and and it's the same thing with any argument you know saying how far is too far and all of that um if you may not have guessed by now, I'm a little bit on the libertarian side. So I'm always like, you know what? There's a lot of goofy people. And yeah. I appreciate them being goofy. <laughs> and that's seriously what I think about. When when I see somebody 
acting out and being goofy, um, wearing like a Where's Waldo outfit. And I'm like, oh, I like that guy. <laughs> I'm like, so glad there's that guy, you know, or, or the, the guy with a car that's just completely rusted out. And you're yeah. like, how is this thing even moving down the road? And most people want to just like take away his right to do that. And I'm like, ah, I'm so glad that guy's there. <laughs> Cobbling his car together. Yeah, with and he helps out all the people that are just, you know, just as poor as he is because <laughs> then at least they have modes of transportation, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. When you see those screwballs in your life, just be like, I like them. I appreciate them for being weird. And yes. especially in music or anything like the arts, it's really important to support your weird people because they yeah. end up being super famous. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes they just kind of fade away into oblivion. But yeah, yeah. There, there's always going to be the yeah. street corner guy with no followers. That reminds me. <laughs> what happened to Lady Gaga? I think she's she's doing fine. But like ever since she played the Super Bowl? Like she I played really, the Super Bowl? Yeah, she did it like right after Trump got elected, which everybody was outraged. Everybody on the left was outraged because she didn't have some major protest at the Super Bowl, she just huh. went and played I've and watched every and entertained. Super Bowl and somehow, I may have missed that. It was a really good show. She did a really great job. She is. I think I knew it was Gaga and didn't yeah, watch. Yeah, she is. She is a supremely talented individual. She is weird, weird, weird. At least her persona is very weird. But she is an exceedingly talented. One of the, I would say, one of the best musicians in current pop music. Really? Yes, she really is. In terms <laughs> of writing, in terms of lyrics, in terms of. Uh, actual musicianship, um, vocals. I mean, she's, she's phenomenal. Um, well, I support her, which, which I'm being not, an which duck. I am not, an, I'm not a lady, lady Gaga fan, but I have, I have, when I first heard her, I thought, Oh, she's going to be a flash in the pan. And then I heard her perform live and I watched her perform live and I was like, okay, no, like she, she's figured this out. She knows, she knows how to make this a thing and she's got the talent to do it. But yeah, ever since then, I haven't seen anything from her. Like I, I haven't seen her show up in media. I haven't seen her on social. I, I literally don't know she where she went. She made enough money and just went along. Uh, yeah, it's very strange. It <laughs> was very strange. I, 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 yeah, I do want to continue to applaud our odd ducks. Yeah, and without a doubt. Continuing to, you know, soldier ahead with your freedoms. Without and, a doubt. And <laughs> one of my favorite stories from Twitter before we sign off on this whole thing was how <laughs> in Australia there was this particular beach that banned alcohol on the beach. <laughs> These guys spent all afternoon transporting sand out into the middle of the ocean. This was over New Year's. And it was for some sort of New Year's celebration because they had always had alcohol their New Year's celebration. <laughs> they built their own sandbar about 100 <laughs> yards or two, 150 <laughs> yards out into the ocean. They put a picnic table. <laughs> they floated a picnic table out there. They put it out there. They claimed they were in international waters. <laughs> and so the rules of the beach did not apply. That's beautiful. They took their coolers all out there That's and got beautiful. drunk as skunks out on the sandbar. <laughs> <laughs> for New Year's because of the restriction of them not being allowed to do it. And I love our odd ducks. That is, in, that is ingenuity. I'm like, I'm like I, I may, be, may not have drank a drop and just wanted to be on that sandbar yeah. because that has to be one of the coolest places yeah. to have been. Yeah. Everybody on the beach secretly, as they're building all of that, wanted to be on the sandbar yeah. and not yeah. on the beach. Well, because it was they had made their own little world of like this is now our land and we've claimed it and we're free here to yeah. do what we want. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. 
Yeah, and that's and that's an amazing thing, like being able to figure something out like that. You know, but that's the thing is, were is, they sinning by getting drunk? Yes, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've gotten into that before. Yes, yes, they were. But you know, and that's the thing about about the idea of protest, about the idea of like looking at the, and we've talked about this extensively, you and I together. But the whole uh, kneeling during the anthem protest thing going on that had gone on in the NFL. Yeah. I both hated and loved that. Yeah. What I loved about it, and I say loved in a past sense because I think it's pretty much not going to be a thing anymore. Well, Kaepernick it's, has already said if he comes back, he yeah, won't kneel. Eric Reed slowly, just yeah, last it's week. Starting to, it's starting to fade away. He wouldn't kneel, mostly because they. Eric Reed has said that the problem became that they couldn't control the narrative enough right. to say that they right. weren't protesting the anthem. Right. They were protesting something else during right. the anthem. And I, he kept saying, right. my protest during the anthem. And he was always very intentional right. about that. And I'm like, okay, yes, that is the distinction that your actions don't show because there's a big flag behind you. Right. And, right. and and so it's really hard to control that narrative. Right. I, go ahead. But here's, you, here's, you here's what I, here's what I, well, I disagreed with, I disagreed with what how the protest took place because I agree with you. Kaepernick did it to get himself back in the spotlight. He wanted to be noticed <laughs> because nobody cared about him anymore. This is a whole nobody podcast did. that I wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, and we will do a whole one on it. But but just touching on this, I loved it because it was an absolute exercise in complete freedom. Yeah. NFL players were doing whatever the heck they wanted. You had President Trump who was saying whatever the heck he wanted. You had owners who were saying whatever the heck they wanted. You had the league itself doing whatever it thought it should do. You had you had and it you had people who were Kaepernick sitting on the bench because yeah, he yeah. felt like he had the freedom just yeah, to sit. Because that's all he was allowed to do anyway. But <laughs> but and then you had people exercising their right to not support the NFL anymore. Like it was beautiful. I loved it because it just created this mess of everybody doing you know exactly what, what they wanted to do. Was the NFL's response? They did not make a rule. They did not make a rule. Loved it. Loved it. That is fantastic. I loved and it. And as many people as wanted them to make a rule, even a few owners wanted to make a yeah. rule. And I'm like, and I was fine with you, owners saying, if you guys make a rule, you do realize you're going to take away freedoms from everybody, and this is going to be a bad cycle yeah. for. And people can Which hate I, Roger Goodell, but at least he was wise enough to say, hey, without a doubt. Without doubt, I loved it. To express I loved themselves. it, and I and I loved that certain NFL owners said, "You will not play for this team if you if you protest. You're going to have to go play for another one who will let you do it." I'm great with that because they're the ones they're the ones writing the check. Like, there's lots of things that I am not allowed to do at work that I'm allowed to do at home. Well, and there you are. At least okay. So maybe your idea about the protest is dumb, but now you put your idea out there, and we all know about it, yeah. and now we can decide if we want to join your team or not, right. or play for your team right. or not, or, you know, right. if I enjoy taking a paycheck from you, then I'll go work from you. Right. If I don't enjoy it, man, I want to play Absolutely. for another team, because you but it was, said it was, a stupid idea. It was a perfect exercise in what in what freedom of speech is supposed to look like. Yeah. Everybody disagreeing in a hot, rotten mess, everybody thinking that the other person needs to be shut down, but nobody actually being shut down, being yes. able to say what they want, and I'm sorry... At no point did, did did Trump ever try to shut that down. He had a lot to say about it, a lot that he probably shouldn't have said about it, but never at any point did he introduce any kind of legislation. He did a lot of, oh, it should be, we should do, we should, but never in his capacity at presidents did he say, he didn't I send am the going, Department of Justice yeah, out I am there and going to anybody. send, <laughs> I'm going to send Jeff Sessions in there to get this stopped. I am going to send sign an executive order to make this illegal. Like he didn't, and he's allowed to do that. 
even as a president of the United States, he is allowed to say whatever he, he thinks. He took his freedom and went to the college football playoffs, put yes. his hand on his heart and, yes. and muttered some words to And an that's anthem. beautiful. And that's beautiful. And, and I don't care who it is. You know, if you are not actually infringing upon someone else's right, say whatever you want to say about them. Say whatever you want to say about their movement. Let them say whatever they're going to say about your movement. It's amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. And it's messy. And it's messy. That's and it's, what I wanted to get to. Yeah. Freedom is extremely messy. And if you're going to have a truly free society, it's going to be a little messy. Yes. And as soon as you try, start trying to clean up the mess, you've got to realize you're restricting the freedoms. Yes. I, I remember I remember hearing, hearing Penn Jillette one time say that the only way you get to objective truth is if I have the boldness to look you in the eye and say, I think you're wrong. And you have the boldness to look me in the eye and say, I think you're wrong. And still be okay with that, and say okay, that's that's some place to now start. Now we can probably now get we to can the truth. now we can get to the truth because now we can talk about what's out there in the middle. Yeah, what you know, and 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 that again for me, freedom of speech, everything else hinges on that. And I also get into that with the whole gun control thing because the Second Amendment is what actually solidifies all of the other rights that we have. It is the stopgap for every yeah. other right that we are. I've heard people on the, the other side being like, "Oh, so you're saying you would take up arms against the government and go shoot all these people?" I'm like, "If uh, the government took up arms against no, me, right now the government knows that oh, we're in a land of 300 million people. We have so many million in our armed forces, and there's this many million guns." When the hunters of Wisconsin take to the woods, they are the third largest standing <laughs> army in the world, and that is a that is a fact. Yeah, like yeah, the number doubt. of hunters in Wisconsin, as soon as they go out to the woods, they are the third largest standing yeah. army in the world. Yeah, but it's, it's and it's like right. Okay, we are not gonna go start shooting our people because they're gonna shoot back. And you're like, oh well, what does that affect? Well, because they do know that in the end, the people can defend themselves, and just that idea existing in our society mm -hmm. protects us from a lot of aggression. I remember hearing uh, a, a Western Western writer, he wrote, wrote like Western dime novels and different things back in the day. A lot of really great Western characters are, are based on his work, but Louis L'Amour, uh, this guy, if you've not read his stuff, it's really, it's really great stuff. He's a great, he, cr he creates great worlds and pictures. He's like, he's like a dumbed down version of J.R.R. Tolkien. <laughs> he, he's not that kind of an intellectual, but he had a lot of life experience and Really good stuff. Um, anyway, um, he he talked about <laughs> where was I going with this? Oh, he talked about how <laughs> how in the old west, you know, we have this Hollywood version of the old west where everybody was always shooting each other up, and it was always. But he said no, actually, people were much more polite to each other because they knew if you said the wrong thing, it could get you shot. They knew yeah. if you if you insulted somebody, you might end up dead. And the idea of honor was so yeah, huge. Yeah, and so and so there was a reality of like you treaded much more softly around each other because you understood, you respected the fact that the person across from you could do something about what you were going to do or say. Etiquette existed as a means of not getting shot. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and I've always thought that was really interesting and I think that the you see the same thing in a in a larger scale now with the way that the second amendment is applied in the United States. There is a mutual understanding that yes, the people are not going to rise up and have like some kind of French revolution style thing where they're going to storm the gates of of Washington and, and, and drag people out of the Capitol and shoot them. In the same way that Washington is not going to storm the gates of Mississippi and exactly. go through the streets shooting exactly. everybody else. Exactly, because it's, both, it's both mutually things, assured destruction. Yeah, both things exist in tandem. Yes. The Second Amendment 
crazies are not going to depose the government, no, no matter what one or two or ten people say. Yes. <laughs> And the government is not going to go and start a gun confiscation program or like dragging people out of their houses on 15-year felonies for owning a firearm. Right. They're just not going to right. do it's it. Right. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so, so again, I mean, for me, I, f- I feel if you're, if you're looking at freedom... Boy, we ran long this well, That's okay. This is, I figured this was going to be... Because we were going to hit some subject that we were going to get cranking on, and, and here we are. Yes. But uh, anyway, yeah. But again, freedom for me in the end is 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 having the right and having the ability to risk. Yeah. And that is a very all-encompassing word, risk. And, and it's, it's in speech, it's in, it's in action, it's in all those things. And again, there's the reality of consequence. Uh, there's innate freedom. I can do literally whatever I choose to do, mm-hmm. uh, but whatever I choose to do will have a repercussion of some kind, yeah. whether Anarchy good or bad. Anarchy is a total non-existence of consequences for everybody's freedom. Right. And, right. And, uh, it's and ugly. Just short of that is probably where we should be with some basic laws where people, you know, have basic, you know, consequences for different yep. transgressions, you know, yes. but, and so, yeah, we've covered that. Yeah. So. But anyway, uh, throw us your thoughts on freedom, uh, both spiritual and, and practical, uh, government or church, you know, all of it. Let's, you know, let's kind of hear something on, on this stuff. See, see what your thoughts are. Uh, let us know if something we've said offends you so that we can giggle about the fact that we won't be offended by anything you have to say. Yeah, about I was going to say, we pretty much you. covered that you guys can't, you can't offend, offend us. us. No. Now, you do realize that if you put something out there, we'll probably debate with you. Oh, yes. So yes. be prepared. Yes, if you have something to say to us, we will we will swing back. It's we're, okay. We're also not offended, so don't no. take it personally. Don't take it personally. <laughs> we're just having a conversation. We would love to disagree We're tossing with ideas, you. tossing <laughs> ideas. But anyway, either way, this has been The Things We Say. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again in a couple of weeks. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.